But I'm excited to talk to you about time management because this is a really important topic. And um, what I want to do is you, you've got the handout. So I want to start by sharing some truths about time management. I want to look at some priorities. And then I'm going to give you just what I'm calling 14, uh, 14 tips. So I'm going to add a 15th tip for David Clark, okay? So my 15th tip, I'm going to give it to you now. You can write it in on the bottom, and it's teachability. <laughs> he said, are you going to talk about teachability this time? I was like, no, that's not what Paul asked me about. But really, it fits in because, you know, to be teachable, to learn new ways to use your time better. So number 15, and you can put a David Clark next to that, and then we'll work our way back. But I'm going to share some things with you that I have that I've learned. So and I'm going to share a lot of examples of, of how it works together. But what I'm going to tell you, I came up with these truths myself. But when I go for the practical tips, like I'm not even going to claim that they're original. I honestly don't remember exactly where I heard them. Um, but I'm going to tell you how I use them and how I do them. So you probably could find that. You're like, oh, this was from this book and that was from that book. And well, I try to be teachable myself and I try to learn. But, but time is this thing that is so important how we use it. And, and you guys are at a place right now that you're studying. You're at the university. And, and you've got time to do the things you're going to do now, but you're going to have different things you're going to do later. And let me just tell you, there's some things I've learned the hard way and some things I've learned the easier way. And if at this stage in your life, if, if you can begin to get a good handle on your, on your time usage, it's only going to help you and bless you later on in life. You're going you're gonna to do better when you get into your careers, when you get into your family. So I'm excited. Like that I get to share this with you, but I'm excited that you get to hear this because I wish I uh, could hear some of this and hopefully I would listen to some of it. And, but, you know, just look for the, the, the nugget, you know, as we go through it, don't try to do all 14. Not all 14 are maybe going to apply to where you're at, but what's the one thing you can do that you can take away? And the other thing that, that I'm excited about is just getting the chance to spend time with you guys because I, I turned 40 last year and earlier this year um, I went through this, some of this like life planning type thing and and um, the part of it that was really helpful for me not so much the planning your life I don't like to do that moving forward but it was really evaluating like what has my life been about what are the things God has taught me what's he want to use and so so we came up with like two words and then you came up with like a life mission statement so the two words I came up with were maximizing breakthrough it's like that's the thing I want to see it's like maximizing the breakthrough that people make whether it comes to life the bible God's word just whatever it is and then my mission statement, I'll like put me on, myself on the spot here because I don't have this in my, my notes. But it was basically like I build bridges to and equip the next generation of kingdom leaders. And, and that's what I, what I have been doing. But I really feel like that's what God has called me um, to do, like big picture with my life. And I get to do all that with, with my job, and I, and I love that. But you guys are kingdom leaders. You guys are the next generation. So, uh, so I want to just share with you everything I can share with you and, so, and I, I might be like dumping a, a fire hydrant on you and just again take, take what's helpful and useful and I, and I want this to be really practical what's that that's what I asked for that's what you asked that's right that's what he's like just like bring the big hose and just so that's what you're going to get but look for the thing that that is going to touch you where you're at right now so again we're going to start big picture here and just look at seven truths about time okay so the first one, time is our most precious resource and something we are to steward well. 
Like, I really, truly believe this. Of all the things, like, you know, you may, anybody here right now at the stage of your life have more money than you know what to do with? Of course not. You're college students, right? But time is the only thing you can't get more of. Later on in life, you trade money for time. You know, like right now, you're like, I don't got money, and I got I to do this, I got to do that. Later on in life, to spend money to have somebody cut your grass for you, if you can afford it, means you don't have to do that. And so it might be that the time is worth it, and it's worth the money, but time is this precious resource. We aren't ever going to get any more time. So you want to use it well. You want to steward it well. We talk about stewardship. We talk about time, talents, and treasures. And some of you guys were here for the the talk I did for the church just before this one. We talked about ministry and serving, and, and we have spiritual gifts. We have talents. We have abilities. But time is one of those things that we've got to steward it well. Next thing is everyone gets the same 168 hours in a week. Productive people just use them more effectively. So when you see someone and you're like, wow, that person's getting a lot done and I don't know how to get done even what I have here. It's not like they get, you know, 200 hours in the week or they get 30 hours a day. And, and, and you know, today we actually only, what, we had like 23 hours, right? Because we, we sprung forward at 2 a.m. or whatever time that is. And all I know is, is I was on, I'm on central time. I was here, so I was waking up early. And then I lost that hour, so I really don't know where I'm at. And then tomorrow I'll be in the air overnight, and then I'll be on East Coast time. So I just, I don't even know where I'm at. But we only get 168 hours. We all get the same 168 hours. The key is how can you use it most effectively to get done the things that you need to get done. Next one is there's two ways to look at time. And uh, there's two Greek words for time. There's chronos and kairos. And these, these are different ways to look at time. And it's important to understand both of them. So you've got uh, chronos is the linear measurable time. It's the tick, tick, tick. So, you know, like, so right now I'm going to just watch. It's 820 and 45 seconds, 46 seconds, 47 seconds, 48 seconds. That's it's the tick, tick, tick measurable time. And then kairos is the situational time. It's the opportunity. There's a window. There's a season. So you guys are in a unique season right now that you're, you're at the university, you're studying. You're not always going to be at the university. Some of you might say, well, what's wrong with this? I want to be here for the rest of my life. Your parents want you to graduate, okay? <laughs> so this season will end. It can be a great season, but at some point this season is going to end. You're going to enter into a season of beginning your career. Some of you are entering into seasons you've recently gotten married. Some of you are going to get married. Some of you are thinking about getting married, and you're, you know, hey, we're thinking about it, right? So, so there's different seasons in life. I'm in a season where I've got small children. You got to see their pictures. That's a very different season than having no kids. And I have some friends, like one, one of my uh, friends, he, he's just a couple months older than me. And just the way God orchestrated his life and my life, his youngest child is like seven or eight right now with the oldest one like 14. And I, my oldest one is three. But we're, we're like at the same age in life basically but we're in different seasons of parenthood so so there's time and then there's seasons and it's important to understand what season am i in and then how do i use my time effectively in that season given what i've got 
Okay, so, and again, just to illustrate, you've got the clock, and then, you know, that's the same picture in different seasons of the same tree. All right, you have more time today than you will have tomorrow. And this is particularly important for the, the season of life that you're in right now. I know because I was at the university and I finished school and, and I heard someone say the same thing I'm saying to you right now. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, he just, this old guy doesn't know what he's talking about. But listen, you have more time today than you will have tomorrow. You have more time in this season of life than you will have in the future, because when you got when you got a, a, a spouse, guys, when you got a wife, part of your attention is going to go to being with your wife. When you've got kids, you're going to your attention goes to your kids. You got multiple kids. I sleep less now than I used to sleep. And that's just a, that's a reality of life. The, the really sort of disheartening thing my father-in-law told me, uh, he, he was trying to encourage me, and then he said something that was very disheartening. He said, he, said, you know, he was talking about my wife, uh, Jessica. He says, yeah, I think the last good night of sleep I had was before Jessica was born. And guys, we don't talk about how old our wives are, but we graduated from college together. So, okay. So that's a while that since he's had his last good night of sleep and, but you got more time today than you'll have tomorrow. So you want to think about how you're using your time. There's things you can do now. There's mission trips you can go on. There's traveling you can do. There's experimental things of like, you know what? I can just go do that thing right now because it's just me. It's this like crazy thing. You know, maybe Paul says, Hey guys, you should get in the car and you should drive wherever. And you got this opportunity to learn from this person or go do that you got time to do it right now yeah you got to do your schoolwork. you got to do well but you've got more time more flexibility more freedom Who, who's going on a mission trip this summer okay a lot of you i know i talked to some of you that's awesome that's one of the things i missed the boat on that when i was in college I was almost going to go on one. A family situation came up. It wasn't the right time. And then I didn't. And then it was like 10 years later before I actually went on my first overseas mission trip. But you're in a season right now that you can do things that you're not going to necessarily be able to do tomorrow. We all make time for what's important. Priorities matter. You got to have priorities that are going to dictate your time and you're going to operate out of your priorities. Nobody's too busy. It's just a matter of priorities. I, I have to be careful for myself. I try. Like, I catch myself. If I say, no, I can't do that. I don't have time. Then I have to be like, no, wait, that's wrong. I'm not going to do that because I'm not going to make it a priority. What, what you're asking me to do is a good thing, but it's, I have more important things that I need to do right now. And just be honest, you know, but sometimes we, we, we like to say, well, I don't have time for that. I can't do that. No, it's not a can't. It's a choice. And that's okay. We, we got to make choices. But we make choices based on our priorities. The way you start your day is key. And I know this is difficult being at the university. How many of you are night people? Okay. I was one of the rare odd persons in college that was a morning person. And I later realized how much my roommate loved me and saved me from just crazy stuff that was going to happen, that, that wanted to happen on my floor. Like he was like holding the mob out of the room to protect me because I'd gone to sleep before midnight. <laughs> but the way you start your day is key. How many of you start your day like this? It's like my son, you know, he's up and he's ready to go. 
I won't tell you what time it is, but he's ready to go. How many of you start your day like this? Like at 2 p.m., right? This is how you wake up at 2 p.m. Yes, I see that, Cody. How many of you start your day this way? Whatever time it is. Okay, how you start your day is important. What about this? How many of you get up and do this? A couple of you, right? You know, everybody else is like, what's that? I remember I... I think it was a couple of uh, a couple of years ago we did a talk and I was in the the room over there and I talked about five a.m. and and like most of the room looked at me like there's a time called five a.m. but how you start your day is important. How many of you do this? Like you're up, but it's like okay, yeah, you know, wake up and be awesome. How you start your day is important. And I, and I realize being, being students right now, that time may be different, but that principle is important, how you start your day. If you get up and get after it, then that sets the tone for the whole day. If you just sort of lazily hang around, then you don't get much done. So how you start your day is important. Right now, I'll give you whatever time you start it. Later in life, you're going you're gonna to start your day earlier and earlier. My wife and I have this discussion that, you know, she says... Like, our kids keep getting up early and earlier. And she's like, I, I can get up at 6 if they're going to get up at 6.30 so I can have a little bit of time. But if they're going to get up at 6, I can't get up earlier than that. If they're going to get up at 5.45, I can't get up earlier than that. So, but how you start your day really matters. And I can tell you, for me, when I get up in the morning, if I can get up before the kids and I've had a, a cup of coffee and spent a little bit of time with God, and sometimes it's just a little bit of time before I got to go run in and get a kid that the, the one's up and saying, Daddy, I'm ready to get up. And I gotta, we got to run in there so that she doesn't wake up her brother, or her brother starts you know, crying, and you got to go get him. But it goes much better to have had a little bit of coffee and a little bit of time with Jesus before tackling the day. Uh, it's important to know the why behind your what. This is really important. Like, why are you at the university right now? Why are you a part of Challenge? Why are you on the core team of Challenge? Of all the things you could be doing tonight, why are you here? Uh, maybe Paul made you be here, but why are you here, right? Your why behind your what? When you know your why, when you know your purpose, you can endure a lot of things. It's, it, it helps you use your time wisely. So why am I here? Why, why do I travel? Because God has called me to do some things. Because I have some opportunities that I want to buy up. It's not that I don't love my kids. It's not that I don't love my wife. It's not that I don't love where I live. I do. But, but God's called me to be a part of some additional things. So my why is the things I'm doing. The what filters into that. So you need to know. Whatever your why is for what it is you're dealing with, what is your why behind your what? So why? I mean, I would just encourage you uh, just... Take like 10 seconds and write the first thing that comes to your mind. Of like, why are you at the university right now? Why are you a part of challenge right now? Why are you on core team? Just the first thing that comes to your mind. Just write that and then work on that later. But if you really know your why, it's really going to be helpful. So Why? Next thing I want to look at is God's priorities. We're going to go really quickly on this. I've given you a lot of verses, some things that you can uh, do some study on. Maybe tomorrow morning if you need something when you get up early, have your cup of coffee and you have something you need to read. You can check out some of these verses. 
This is my understanding, and I'm going to go quickly. That's why I'm giving you the verses. This is my understanding of the priorities in terms of God's priority order for us in life. Okay? So, first one is God. God is the number one priority. And we see in the Old Testament, he says, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. Now, they were living in a time period where he brought them out of Egypt. They had lots of different gods in Egypt. The Egyptians worshipped the sun god, the Nile god, the frog god. I mean, they worshipped all kinds of gods. So they came from that type of a culture. God said, you have no other gods before me. We have lots of gods here in America. We have the God of success. We have the God of sex. We have the God of sports. We have the God of our own children. We have the God of looking good. We have the God of whatever. But God says he's the number one priority. There's no other gods, little g, whatever that is, that might be trying to take that place in your life. He's number one. So if he's not number one, he needs to move into the number one slot. And one of the problems, the struggles we have as followers of Jesus, those that are trying to walk with him, is I've never met a Christian who doesn't love God. The question is, is in the moment, what do they love more than God? That thing you really want to do right now, what are you loving more than God? So the struggle and the challenge is to keep God number one all the time. And if something tries to creep ahead of that, well, God, we got to get God back in that spot. So God's number one. And then we see from uh, Luke 14, 26, if anyone uh, comes to me and does not hate his own father, his mother, his wife, his children, his brothers, his sisters, yes, even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Hate? Really? He's not telling us to hate other people. But what he's saying is, is that the comparison the, the level at which you love God, that you love Jesus above other people, including your wife. You just got married. Think about how much you love your new wife. You're getting married. Has, think about right now how much you are going to love your new wife and how much you love her right now. He says the way that you love me, Jesus, it should seem like you hate her because you love me that much more. You don't hate people. We're called to love people. But the comparison is God has that number one of a position in our life. Okay? You can read more about that. Number two is family. The second priority in our life is family. And it comes after God. And this brings so much confidence, so much strength, is that when a, a child sees their parents loving God more than they love their parent. So when, when my kids see me love God more than I love my wife, that brings so much comfort and, and just the home is so stable. When they see my wife love God more than she loves me, that brings stability to the home. And then the kids will learn to love God more than, like I want my kids to love God more than they love me. And I want them to love God more than they love their brother or their sister. So family comes next. Next thing is our ministry responsibilities. If you're a follower of Christ, you've been called into ministry. I have something to add on the family thing. I think in your marriage, too, a marriage works a lot better when it's, the husband knows that the wife is putting God first. Yeah. Vice versa. Absolutely. Yeah. When the, when the husband knows that... God has that higher priority. When the wife knows that God has a higher priority, it's as you're both pursuing Christ 
on your own, you can come together in a, a much deeper relationship. So that's the way God has designed life and family and marriage to work. So absolutely, that's right. So ministry responsibilities come after that. So I've, so I've got a responsibility to God, and, and, and you know, God doesn't want me just to do a bunch of stuff for him, right? I mean, it's possible to be really active in ministry and not actually have a relationship with God. So, so we can't substitute and say, well, I don't really have a great relationship with God, but I'm doing all this stuff for me, or if we're trying to earn something. It doesn't work that way. God first, family, then our ministry responsibilities, and then we have our career and our job. Now, we got to work. you got to eat. you got to provide for that family that God's given you. You've got to earn money to then contribute to God's kingdom. So it all works together. But when the priorities come, we've got this priority order that we've got to deal with. Now, you guys aren't yet in your career, so you can substitute. That's why I put school there. But career, job, school. I mean, sort of think about your schoolwork right now as what your job is, what your career is. Now you look at that and you say, wait a minute. I, I, yeah, I, can, I give you God and family. I understand that. But you're saying you put ministry above a career. You put it above my school. And I'm saying yes. I'm saying there would be times where you have to make choices that God's called me to do something. He's called me to share the gospel with somebody. And you know what? I'm going to miss class today. So What? He's given you an opportunity. There's something he wants you to do. Or maybe, you know what, there's this, this really great conference or this opportunity or whatever it is. Something that I'm going to be a part of that's going to interfere with or I'm going to choose. I'm going to take a day off of work. You know, we have, we, sometimes we think about, oh, I got vacation. I only get so many days, but I would never use it for something kingdom-minded. You know, we, I have uh, people in a training program that we lead. We, last In the fall, we went to Europe they took six days off of work to go on a mission trip, and they paid money to go on the trip, too. So they paid money to go on the trip, and they took time off of work. That's time that some of them knew when they did that, I can't go do this bigger family vacation that's coming up because I'm going to do this thing. So you got to have your priorities in the right order. And then your friends, your community, recreation, all that stuff is good, but... I, need, I, I shouldn't be spending time with my friends. I shouldn't be doing recreation, playing video games, whatever your thing is, when I should be spending time with Jesus. I shouldn't be hanging out with my friends when I should be spending time with my spouse. And sometimes when you get married and, 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 and you have a, you know, a disagreement, a discussion, you want to like, oh, I don't want to hang out with her anymore. I'm going to go hang out with my friends. When you really need to be there, you need to work on that relationship and you need God's help to do it. So you keep these priority orders. Again, you can read the verses. You can dig more into it. But this is the angle that I'm coming from. Okay, so I want you to know this background here. So now I want to move into... My practical tips on time management. Okay, so I'm going to try to be real practical. I'm going to share a bunch of stories and examples. Again, these aren't necessarily original thoughts from mine. In fact, uh, here's a couple of books that I that I have read. Uh, I read Eat That Frog like years and years ago. I think sometime last year I read What's Best Next, and then just one of the first books I read this year was When. So these are some of the books that I've read. Again, I couldn't even tell you where the points are going to come from, except for number 15 for David Clark is teachability, okay? Now, I, I realize I'm a pastor and you guys aren't, but uh, this next book here that I, that I read recently 
he, he, this guy is like the church systems guy, if you've ever heard him or you know anything. He's a curator of information. So he takes a lot of stuff from a lot of different sources. I don't even think it's all original to him. Some of them might be. And, and there's like, I forget, it's like 40-something different time management principles. A lot of them won't apply to you right now where you're at. A lot of them are geared towards pastors, but a lot of them are. A lot of them are just real practical stuff. Okay, so again, I'm... I'm generally giving credit where credit is due so you can see some of the things that have influenced my thinking but here we go number one is get clear on what needs to be done and when it's due in order to manage your time you need to be clear on what needs to be done and when it's due so if you've got an assignment you've got a due date Okay, it's not just generally at some point my professor would really appreciate if I kind of sort of did a research paper on something that I felt like, and then sometime this semester before it's over, I should go ahead and turn it in. No. That's not what it says on your syllabus, right? You have a due date. You need to know and be clear what it is. I found this cartoon. It says, I'm going to need that report by whatever time you find most inconvenient. Okay, this is a little more work-related, but sometimes the stuff is due at an inconvenient time. I remember there was times where it's like we'd be getting ready to go to on a break, and then you'd have some professors that would like give you a break. Like they were the cool ones. They were like, I know you guys are getting ready to go on spring break, so you know the thing is due before spring break, but there's nothing due after spring break, so you can actually enjoy it. And then I had this like really big project due on like the Tuesday after Thanksgiving. So what do you think I did that year? Like we had Thanksgiving on Thursday, and I lived with within an hour from where I grew up. So but then I went back and I worked on this project the whole rest of the weekend when I had friends that were off doing ski trips and all these other things because it was at an inconvenient time. But I was clear on what needed to be done. I had a plan to do it. Then so the next one is plan. You actually have to create a plan. Found a couple of quotes here. A goal without a plan is just a wish. You ever heard that? It's just a wish. By failing to prepare, you are preparing to fail. If you don't know where you're going, you'll end up someplace else. I mean, so I got to get to the airport tomorrow in San Francisco. And I mean, it's actually kind of a complex drive to get from San Francisco to here. I I had never made that drive before. I was on the the 5 and the 80 and the 5 something. And I don't even remember all the roads I was on. I was following the GPS. But if I just sort of generally drove in that direction, I would never make it to the airport. So you got to have a plan. Unless uh, commitment is made, there's only promises and hopes, no plans. Okay, so that's part of marriage is commitment. You're making a plan to spend the rest of your life together, and then you're going to make all kinds of plans after that point. And then every minute you spend in planning saves 10 minutes in execution. This gives you a 1,000% return on your energy. So if you think, like, well, it's not worth planning. I mean, there are some days where I have, like, I know I have a complex season coming up, and, and I don't like the grueling work of it, but I'm literally looking at the calendar, and I'm looking at when things are due, and, I, and I'm, I'm like, I, one hand, I feel like I just wasted two hours, and all I'm trying to do is get a handle on what needs to be done. But if I didn't do that, then I would be wandering for weeks and not get anything done. So we've got a plan. What's that? I said that's good. So yeah, you got a plan. So what I would encourage you to do when you start the next semester, I mean, 
I, I know people, and maybe some of you are them. I was never this student when I was in, in, in college, so you know, this is something I've worn post. But they'll take, and like, they'll break down everything, and they know, like, i got to read 4,000 pages every day of the semester so that I can get all my work done. But they can tell you, and if they know if they skipped a day or all that, they got it all planned out. So they know what they do, and they know where they're going. Use a to-do list and a calendar. Okay, you got you to use both. Like, I've never found there being, like, one-stop shop. This is, it, it's all my problems are going to be solved by this amazing thing. And I go back and forth between paper and digital. And I, you basically, like, whatever's working right now, if it stopped working, find something else. Because you can't stop planning. You can't stop getting things done. So it takes both. You got your to-do list and you got your calendar. And then Schedule. The reason you have the to-do list and the calendar is you actually schedule it on your calendar. When are you going to do that thing? Well, you've got 4,000 pages you've got to read of research to write this paper. The paper is due in 30 days. When are you going to read those 4,000 pages? How many pages a day can you read, actually? Do you have to read 1,000 pages a day and you're just going to bust it out or you're going to spread it out? But you create that plan and you schedule when you're going to do it. So now I'm going to overwhelm you for a few minutes, okay? I'm going to show you some actual stuff from me. So I have times where like life is just so crazy busy that I will actually print out a calendar and I will write stuff in there. So, so this, you can see, it was November and December of 18. And I, I, I needed to really strategically look at my time that I had available. So the red is time that I was going to take off. Okay, so Friday's my day off. You can see that was Thanksgiving. We, we went to California. We left on uh, the 20th. We got back the 25th. And actually, you, you can't quite see now, but I actually numbered the number of work days that I had to the end of the year because the projects that I was having to work on. And, and it, what I have written there specifically is not all that relevant for you, but you can see I actually wrote down stuff, and then I, I X'd it off. You know, so the red was time that I had committed to my family, like, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to work. I'm going to take this time off. And then what wasn't red, that was time to bust it and get stuff done. So then, so that's, that's the fall. This is my spring, okay? And this is even more complex, all right? So you can see the complexity of that. And then this is zoomed in just a little bit to give you a little bit more of, a, of an idea. So Fridays are my days off. I, I, right now I'm in a pattern where sometimes I'll work a half day in the morning and then I'll take Saturday off. Uh, you can see all these sermons that I did. I actually had sermons planned longer, but then I had knee surgery on this day. So the whole plan uh, kind of had to alter, but I had a plan. So if you have a plan, the plan can change. And then um, these were some in-town meetings that I had, like a conference to go to. This was a big staff planning. And then we get to the pink, and the pink is when Matt's in and out of town. And again, this was partially communication between my wife and I, and this was me looking at how am I going to get done everything that needs to get done. So I left on this Saturday, and I was gone for a mission trip here. And then I was home, and then this was that daddy-daughter dance that I talked about. And then... Uh, and then I was at a, a conference in Dallas here. I got home Thursday night. I sat in my own bed Thursday night. I got up 
uh, Friday morning and I went to Southern California and I was there and I, I spoke and I did an event and then I came home Sunday night and I spent Sunday night in my own bed and then I got up Monday morning and I went to Florida and I was at Florida all week and then I took Saturday off when I got home and then I did my responsibilities at church on Sunday and then I went ahead and took Monday off. Uh, and then I, I spoke this event in town. And then I took Friday off because, oh, look, I'm, lo and behold, I'm leaving to come here for this trip. <laughs> okay? So this is looking at, like, what's the time that I have available? And, like, this is meticulous. And I, I probably spent all told, not in one sitting, but just trying to wrap my head around what needed to be done. I spent probably four or five or more hours and this is the, you know, because I had surgery up here, so stuff changed, but then it's even changed some since then. But if you have a plan, you can change it, you can adapt it as time goes. Anybody overwhelmed yet? Okay, only a couple people. So then uh, you have to put it into your calendar and you schedule it. So this is a screenshot of my, uh, the week, just this last week that we had. So you can see I took off uh, this day. Um, and, uh, and then I had some meetings in the night. So basically I, I you know, I, I took most of the day off, spent some time with my family and then ministry meetings happen at night, like we're doing right now. I had a breakfast meeting with somebody and then I had some time to work on projects that needed to be done. Then I had a staff meeting, then I had a secondary specific staff meeting, and then I had some time to work on projects and I listed it. I said, personal project time, API slash OT live prep, and there were like three or four things that could be done based on where I was at in the process. Then I had a meeting, and then I went home, and then I got up early, and I drove to this place, and I taught this event, and then I went and had a little bit of break here to grab lunch, and then I came and I had a meeting, and then I had another meeting, and then I left to, came ho to go home. And then there was Thursday, and I took Thursday off, and I just left it as a day off. I forgot to delete this from my calendar because this was a work thing, and I did some family stuff in the morning, and I packed in the afternoon. And then we left for the airport at 8.30 in the morning, and I had my flight. And then I'm here. You can see the stuff that I'm doing. So you got to get it into your calendar. And sometimes I'll be way more specific. Like I left these kind of general because I, I didn't know exactly where I was going to be. But sometimes it's like I just give myself. You got a buddy. You got an hour to get this thing done. It doesn't matter if you think it's going to take two. You only got an hour. And guess what? Lo and behold, I get it done in an hour. So sometimes when we leave it too open ended, we're just too slow. And, and we're, we're slower than we need to be. I like to think through, I like to research, I like to dig into things, especially when I'm prepping talks and messages. Like, you know, and it's like, no, you just got to write it and do it and be done. You know, yeah, go back and read that later when you have time. But you don't need to do all that for what you need to do, okay? So, and then this is, like, you can see this is old from 2017. This was a particular week. So there's the Monday. I listed major projects that I had to do. I had meetings and appointments that I was getting ready for. I had one-on-one -on -one meetings with people. So this, I'm like, yeah, that's meticulous to do that. But you got to do it. And then you can see this one's like I crossed off some stuff as I did the meetings. And then this was actually something I did. In, you know, this was spring 19. So I listed out. This was before February 23rd. So I did this mid-February. I basically listed every sermon, message, or talk that I had coming up. And I, I, you know, when it was, where was I going to prep for this? So I had this event coming up while I was at this seminar in the evenings when I was free time, when I could be sleeping or watching TV or doing something else. Guess what? I was working because uh, I had to get some stuff done. And then Friday I was I was at this. I, I had to get ready for this. So I tried to prep in. When am I going to do that? Saturday, March 9th. Hey, 
That was yesterday, right? So I was going to review some stuff on the flight and the drive. Well, I ended up, because God gave me a first-class upgrade on my flight out here, I decided to just enjoy it, because Fridays are actually my day off, and I was traveling on my day off, and it was a big, big plane with, like, those little capsules, you know, where you could, you know, so I just, like, I'm just going to eat the meal and drink the drinks, soda and coffee <laughs> when, when they bring it to me and the little the warm nuts that they bring you in in first class if you never had it it's amazing and and I kicked the, the chair back and you know and I watched a movie and a half okay and I even went crazy like I'm not a musical guy but I'm like I'm just gonna enjoy today I've heard all these people talk about the greatest showman I've never seen it I watched it on the plane in first class so I treated myself a little bit but then you know what I did The drive up here, I had like five hours to drive. So guess what I did? I was I was listening to some things that I needed for prep coming up. So you just work it, okay? So I mean I could go on and on about it, but I wanted to show you guys some real examples of you just you gotta be meticulous with it, you plan it, you work the plan, you change, you adapt, and but but just what you gotta do. All right. Number five, use a top one, three, or five list for the day. Okay, now th- this may be a little bit beyond where you're at, but I want to give you this tool right now. Some of the things may work. There have been days where, I mean, it's like, for lack of a better word, all hell breaks loose on a day, and it goes nothing like what you were planning. But if you know, what is the single most important thing that I have to get done today? If I do nothing else, this must happen from the time that I get up, and I cannot put my head on the pillow without doing this thing. If you know what that is, and the day goes crazy, and you got that thing done, then you had a win. Sure, your to-do list has 487 other things on it that you didn't do, but you did the number one thing. So some days it's like, I mean, know what the one thing is, and then what are the top three or the top five things, and and I can look at it and I make choices, which is one we're going to get to in a moment, but I got my number one thing done today, and I've literally had days where it's like the only thing I got done, excuse me, was the number one thing, but I got the number one thing done. So it wasn't a total failure, it wasn't a total loss, so... You know, so that's something maybe put in for your uh, the future, or if you've got a paper due. I mean, anybody here ever like? I know none of you have waited till the last minute to write a paper, and you look at it and you say, "Well, this paper is due tomorrow at 8 a.m., and I have some other things I could do, but I'm not going to do any of those right now." So you're doing the one thing; you're getting the paper done. Eat That Frog. That was a book. Basically, you can read the book on your own. We're not talking about actually eating a real live frog. But think of how nasty and disgusting that would be. So that's what you do. You take the hardest, gnarliest, scariest, the thing you don't want to do, and that's one of the things you do early in the day. Anybody here ever had the thing like you're dreading doing it, and, and you're like, you get to the end of the day, and you're like, oh, I still haven't done that thing. And I have, I've, I've had a horrible day, and it's just kneading and gnawing at you. Instead, you wake up, you drink that cup of coffee, you have that time with Jesus, and then you do that thing. You eat that frog, and the frog's eaten, and it's done, and it's not bothering you anymore. So eat the frog. Start your day ready to go and get after it. Mornings are important. And we already talked a little bit about this. And my, uh, my making it practical to the audience that I'm speaking to, if your morning starts at 8 or at 10 
or at two, whatever your morning starts, just get up and get after it. Don't just sort of lazily hang around, but get up and get after it. Focus time blocks. Have focused time blocks. That's part of what you saw when I showed my Google Calendar where there was like a three-hour block or a two-hour block. You know, certain things that you want to do, it takes time to, to ramp into it, and then you get into it, and then you kind of have to ramp out of it. So, so you find a, a block of time where you're just going to focus, and you're just going to get something done. And maybe you get two or three things done, but don't try to answer an email and check your Facebook and talk to your roommate and FaceTime back to home and do all those things. But you say, you know, this is when, like, I'm going to go to the library for three hours, and I'm going to make myself do this thing. And then what? Guess what? Three hours later, you actually got something done. So using focused time blocks, depending on your level of attention span and your level of uh, ADHD, that time might be longer or shorter, uh, depending on what I'm doing. I mean, I have, like... Somebody recently told me there's like another form of ADHD, but I can just like focus in and like the world behind me, the building's burning down. Please don't leave me in there. So if you saw my office, you'd be like, wow, that is ridiculously crazy, messy office. But I'm just like, all my work happens at my computer. So stuff comes in and gets piled on my desk and I don't see it. So I can focus for like two or three hours. If you can only focus for an hour, then just get an hour, knock it out, and then get another time block. But use focus time blocks. Limit the distractions, which has to do with the focus time blocks. And there's two types of distractions. There's external distractions, and there's internal distractions. You're an external distraction for him. But that thing going on in your head, you know, Jacob thinking about Katie, that's, that's an internal distraction maybe that, that you have, right? So there's things going on in our head, and then there's external distractions. So, you know, you ever sit there and you're like, I'm just dreaming of a kitty right now, right? <laughs> or, or guys, who's the guys? Come on, you get hungry, guys, and you think like, where can I get a burger? Yeah, you, you know what I'm saying. And then there's, maybe there's video games or social media, whatever it is, but it's a distraction going on, okay? And then uh, we, there's all kinds of distractions that are out there online. I found this thing. This was by the powermonk.com. It was a interesting name of a site. I don't know that it's done by real monks, but um, it was seven tricks to beat distractions. So they say, I don't know if you guys can see this, but it, it says turn off distractions is number one or turn off notifications. So one of the things I've just done just in life in general, um, I don't get hardly any notifications on my phone. When a new email comes in, I don't know. I just, the number grows, and, and I probably have 5,000 or 25,000 emails right now that are unread. Again, it doesn't bother me. Um, but turn off notifications. Call, text, email only at planned times. This is going to be really important when you get into the work world, is that you can be driven by other people's agenda and just respond to the next email that comes in. And, and 
when you start out in your career, maybe you have to be at your boss's beck and call and they choose to email me. So you, you, you got to follow protocol. But where I'm at right now with my, with, with, you know, I am the boss, basically. I have a boss, but I'm the boss of the rest of the team. So I get to say, you know what? You don't bother me right now. I'm turning off my email so I can get this thing done and you can wait. But if the building's on fire, come get me. Okay. You know, you got to have communication on that. Schedule the distracting activities. Go ahead and say, you know what? I'm going to work for a little while and then I'm going to check Facebook or I'm going to check Instagram or I'm going to post a selfie of me studying, you know, so the world knows what I'm doing. But you can schedule that in. Avoid over communication. Again, this might be for later, but but if if something just needs like if I just need to text Paul and I and I say like, hey, what time do you want me there? We don't need to sit down and have a meeting to talk about what time do you want me there. That doesn't even need a phone call, right? So don't over-communicate when, when there's a minimum level of communication. Set reminders. Wear your headphones. Who here just like puts on your headphones or your earbuds and you're like, leave me alone, right? So you guys are already doing that one. And when you see somebody, unless you're doing surveying on campus and you're like, I don't see those earbuds. Hey, can you talk to me for a minute? And, you know, right? They're actually pretty friendly and cool with that in uh, certain places in Europe, we found. It's really interesting. But, uh, and then reward, reward yourself after you've had a successful focus mode. Like, go ahead and get that cheeseburger or find that kitty to pet it or whatever the reward is. But reward yourself. Okay, and then I wasn't sure if you could see it. So that was the same list. Decide what you will not do. Okay, this is really important. And this goes back to when I, when I showed you the list of priorities of we got God, we got family, etc. So decide what you will not do. Lesson learned. You can't do everything and it's all right. Okay, you cannot do everything. So anybody here got uh, FOMO, you know? Okay, stop it, all right? You can't do everything. And if you try, you're going to drive yourself crazy. So you have to decide based on your priorities, what am I going to do? What am I not going to do? So this word right here, don't. What's your don't list? What am I going to stop doing? And, and again, okay, at the risk of sounding like, you know, an educational heretic talking to students here, guys, you might just have to decide, I'm going to get a C on that paper. I'm going to fail that test because there's something more important. I mean, really, honestly, like if your mom got sick back home and you had to leave, would you be worrying about it? No. Now, there's things you can get excused absences from, but, but there's times, I mean, here, here's my, one of my things. I look back on college and I just barely missed whatever that, not the like Magna Super 4.0 one, but whatever the, the lowest one, I missed it by like one, like a point. And I mean, like a point, a zero point, that thing, not, the, you know, you know what I'm talking about, okay? <laughs> I, I just barely missed it. And, and, but I don't look back and say, oh man, I should have studied harder and I should have done a few more things. I look back and I see that there were people that I should have spent more time with. There was opportunities that came up that I said no to because I was worrying about my grades. Get good grades. I'm not saying that you should all be like become D students. So, you know, for the for the recording record here, you know, that's not what I'm saying, but I'm saying sometimes you have to make a choice. And here's the equivalent for me right now. I've been in a season where I've been been living if you guys are familiar with like the urgent and important the import the urgent but not important those four boxes i've been living in the urgent and important box 
which means if it's not urgent yet and just important, I don't have time for it. So there are some things that the, the responsibility strength within me, it's, it eats at me, but I just like, forget it. You, don't, you can't do it all. So there are some things that I, that I am not doing intentionally because they're not as important as the things that I am doing that I am making time for. So you're going to have to make some choices based on your priorities. I'm not going to tell you what those are. I'm just going to say that's something you have to do. Live off peak. Um, this is something that you may or may not be able to enjoy, but being in ministry, I take Fridays off. So we go to the zoo with the kids on Friday. We don't ever go on the weekend because that's when the rest of the world goes. So as a student, if you have some flexibility and you're like, I got to go to the bank or I got to go do this thing or I got to do some shopping. And if you have flexibility, don't go when everybody else is there. You know, we, we discovered because we got married January 4th and then we went on our honeymoon. Lo and behold, like when we arrived on our honeymoon, that was the day everybody was leaving from the two weeks of Christmas break. So it was off peak. We're like, we have this whole place to ourselves. This is awesome. And then things were cheaper because it was past that peak. So as much as you can do off peak, just do it. You save time. Use wait time wisely. Anybody here ever been to the doctor's? Anybody here ever like played on your phone or read a magazine that was three years old that told you who won the Oscars three years ago <laughs> while you're there because you're like, what am I going to do, right? So these guys, look at this. They're, they're, they're in the doctor's office. Dude's just staring off into space. <laughs> and she's reading a magazine. She's reading about the Oscars three years ago. I mean, what if you did something a little bit different and... Uh, Look at this guy. He's actually reading a book. So you've got those 4,000 pages that you have to read. You've got to go to the doctor. And by the way, like I don't know if you've had this experience, but the doctors and the airlines, the airport, I mean, you just have no control over your life. I, I thought I had a 3 o'clock appointment. I showed up for my appointment at 2.50, and I didn't get in and see the doctor until 4 o'clock. I'm going to bill him now for the hour of lost work that I had. No, you go in there and like they'll see you when they see you, right? So you could have played on your phone or social media or this is me waiting on the doctor, you know. You do all that or guess what? You had an hour to read a fraction or a portion of those 4,000 pages you have to read or whatever it is you need to do. So use your wait time wisely. Work when it's time to work and rest when it's time to rest. This is one of the big problems. You probably face it now. You'll face it later in life is that sometimes we're thinking about resting when we should be working. We're thinking about that things we want to do. But then when we actually have the time off, we're worried about all the work we didn't do. So just when you, when you decide you're going to work and study and write the paper and prepare whatever it is you're doing, work when it's time to work and then rest and enjoy it. That's why I decided when I had that first class seat on the plane, I'm like, I'm just going to enjoy this. Like, I'm just going to actually rest and enjoy it and I'll work later. Okay. But this, I'm going to enjoy this moment. So, you know, this guy, you know, his eyes are twirling around because he's working. He's working right now. But then just rest. <laughs> Lay out in the field. Enjoy the, the wildflowers. Whatever rest is for you, just do it. And schedule breaks because you can only focus for so long. Again, this is where it helps to know your attention span. 
Uh, it helps to know just how, how your body works at, at certain points. You know, I have to get up and uh, we, we have like a, our, our church building used to be an old bowling alley. So we have what we call Main Street. It's this pretty long indoor thing. So it doesn't matter if it's raining or it's 100 degrees or 115 degrees outside. You know, I can go down and sometimes I just have to walk. Like I'll walk back and forth a couple times to get the blood flowing or there's a couple of couches in the building and I'll go lay on the couch for a minute. You know, they got a pretty nice setup in here that I, I test drove yesterday after our uh, event that we did. But take the time, focus, and then take a break when you need to because you're, you're, you need it to be refreshed. I mean, our, our minds and our bodies, they can only go so long. And part of it is stamina. You, you will build it up. So um, because of the pace that I run at, I probably like... Uh, some of you could beat me in sports, but I probably can work longer and harder than you can because I've built up the stamina for that, you know, but Solomon, I, I don't want to go against you in any sport because you could whoop me in whatever we do, <laughs> but I could whoop, I can outwork you, man. We'll go in there to the computers and see what we can do, right? <laughs> so schedule breaks because you can only work for so long. And then what was number 15? Teachability. Teach All right. So this focus, you ever, you ever like looked at the, the computer screen and you're like, I, I can't see anything anymore. So, okay, uh, I don't know if we want to take a break. Do we want to go to questions? I'll turn it back over to uh, Paul to tell us what to do next. Let's go straight to questions. So just speak up, just stand up and belt it out if you have a question. Uh, can you go back to the um, number 11, leaving off peak? Could you give us an example, maybe for a student's life, like what that would look like? Yeah. So is there, are there times either in the library or the bookstore or times on campus where it's like everybody is there doing that thing? Um, you know, maybe cafeteria or restaurants. I mean, this is where like people joke about how senior citizens go to lunch at like or dinner at four o'clock. But guess what? There's nobody there at four o'clock. So that's like living off peak. Um, so so think about the the things that you need to do. Think about when everybody is there doing it, and then try to not go at that point. So like a fail of this that I just didn't realize and I wasn't thinking I knew it wasn't spring break here this week but I didn't think about it being spring break uh, in Texas so the airport line was like crazy long and I just didn't even think about that but you know everybody's trying to fly and you leave on Friday so you got the weekend the week and you stretch that out so just think about if everybody's going to be there I don't want to go there I want to find a way to do it when there's going to be the least people there as possible you're welcome Yeah, that's a good question. It, it's probably like I have to look at it definitely at a seasonal basis, and it's it's kind of rotating given some things that happen in church life, things that happen in family life. Um, when when I'm not so busy, and and kind of subconsciously around Sunday night, Monday morning is when I'm kind of thinking through the things that need to come up. Now I don't always necessarily sit down and actually write it out that way, but. Um, and then, and then oftentimes for me, like I'll have an early, you saw that I had an early morning meeting on uh, 
Tuesday, and then I have a gap on Tuesday morning before I start my staff meeting. So that's a lot of times when I'm like going to get oriented for the week. Um, because of taking some Mondays off with the season I'm in right now, I don't do that. Or Monday, once I get to the office, I would, I would kind of try to orient it. So whenever my, my first day of the week week is, that's when I want to kind of think about it. So it might look, a lot of people suggest Sunday night is the time. I mean, a lot of people who are looking like planning will say, you know, Sunday night, plan your week. And then if you're really good, which I'm not that good, is, is the night before you plan your next day. So, so sometimes I do that. Other times I don't because I've already scheduled it out. Like I don't need to sit down. I already, I scheduled out multiple weeks and not just did it the day before. Question? Yeah. Um, how do you lovingly communicate to people who might be in this like fifth zone of priority? Like, like, man, you're my friend and I love you very much, but this is just a busy season of my life and I can't. I don't love you that much. Yeah, you're not exactly. that important. I don't, want to say, I don't want to tell them to their face, like, you're not a priority because I love you very much, but I just have these ministry responsibilities right now, and I'm getting married pretty soon. There's a lot of planning that goes into that. I'll apologize. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's, that's a good question. I, I, I personally have the gift of no, and I'm Spock-like, so that, that doesn't bother me personally. Um, if, if, you, if any of you, are, you tend to struggle more with people pleasing, that can particularly be difficult because you want to say yes. You want everybody to be happy. That's like not an issue with me at all. So, um, and I recently, I was talking to somebody about you know, their strength finder. And I recently, as a part of that life plan deal, retook the test. And then if you've ever taken it, it gives you your top five strengths. And then you, the, the new version, you can pay money and a little bit more money, and it gives you like all 34. So I certifiably, number 34 is empathy for me. So it's, it's at the bottom, okay? Uh, but um, I mean, actually the meeting that I had on, on Tuesday morning last week was, was one of the things that you're talking about. So a guy texts me, um, it was probably two weeks ago. And he says, hey, um, he says, I, you know, I've been meaning to see if we could get some time together. And, you know, here's what I want to talk about. And, and it was not an emergency crisis thing. Um, so so and I'm, I, so I texted him back and I said, hey, I'm I, I'm I'm happy to meet with you. Um, you know, I'm in and out of town for the next several weeks. But here's the first available time that I have. Um, would that day work for you? And he wrote back, and he's like, yeah, that's great, you know, because it wasn't an emergency. Now, I had a situation um, actually came up uh, while I was on that mission trip to uh, Ridgeview Church in, in February that there was this, one of those crisis-type things that, that came up with somebody. So I did some triage on the phone while I was, you know, I'm in uh, California, and this person's in Texas, and we did some triage on the phone between some stuff we're doing. And then that was one that like I had to go ahead and sacrifice and, and sort of take a hit and move some stuff around because of what needed to happen. So sometimes that happens in a ministry context. But if it's just your friends or whatever, I mean, I mean, I have friends that I'm like, I love you. You love me. We should hang out. And we do it, you know, every three or four months. And, and that's just the way that it happens. So, so you, you kind of you want to tell people what you can do, you know. So it's like, hey, I, you know, I really, I'd really love 
to get some time with you. But given the season that I'm in, given some other priorities that I have, some responsibilities that I have, um, I'm not going to be able to, to do that probably for, you know, whatever, if it's a couple days, a couple weeks. I've had times where I actually still have somebody that they want to meet about something and I, I just can't find the time. And, and, I, and I've communicated that you're important. I want to help you with this. But I, there's just not the time right now for it. And because the thing that it is is not going to be a time that I'm going to um, rearrange and take a hit like I did with this person that was having a real legitimate crisis. So anyway, that's the kindest way I would say it with no empathy. <laughs> yes. Um, so I've been having longer days and... I've been starting to take naps, um, and I'm, I've found sometimes they're effective, sometimes not. I'm curious what your thoughts are, if, like, if you would recommend just toughing it out and just working through it or taking them, and if, they, like, if they're worth it, like, what do you... Yeah, I, I don't get to take a lot of naps. I mean, I'll be honest with you. Um, <laughs> That's a luxury. Yeah. <laughs> but I think if you can do it, I mean, like when I was when I was in college, my, especially my last year, the way my classes worked, like I came back and I took like a 20, 30 minute nap, like almost every day, just it worked. And, you know, I did read, I can't remember uh, which book it was in. Um, I think it was, there's another one called Atomic Habits. It's a little bit different than, than, um, time management but he was either that one or it was the when book but I, I learned a new term called the nappuccino <laughs> and uh the nappuccino is uh you pound some coffee okay so you you pound it and then you immediately go to a nap because it takes about 20 to 30 minutes for the caffeine to really work its way through your body so it's not like, I mean, if, you, if you're a heavy coffee drinker in the morning, and I will tell you, like, when I, it's the second cup or the third cup before I feel what would happen. So <laughs> the coffee doesn't just immediately wake you up. The caffeine doesn't work that way. So you, so you pound your coffee, you don't enjoy it, you pound the coffee, and then you go lay down, you take a nap, you set a timer for 20 minutes. Because the other thing is that, that if you sleep longer than 20 to 30 minutes, depending on the person, then you get into that groggy state, right? And you don't want to wake up again. So that's not the kind of nap you want to take. But I know, I know people that swear by the naps, and they'll take like a 20, 50, anywhere from a 15 to 25-minute nap every day because it works. Um, sometimes I'll just be like, you know, I'm like, I'm just going ride to ride it out. Where like I'll just be so tired. I'll be sitting in my chair, and like I'll... I'll be in an uncomfortable position, but like, you know, your eyes just feel so heavy and you're like, I just can't, I have to give in. I can't fight it anymore. And, and I'll close my eyes and then like, I'll wake up like 10 minutes later and I'll just feel like, let's go. So if you can do it, do it. I just don't have the luxury of it very often. Kind of off his question, um, like in hard seasons of life, how, like, where does sleep fit in and your like value? Like Before kids, or uh, <laughs> I mean, I mean, really though. It, here's the thing, and you'll hear different people say different things, but um, 
you know, there, there's extremes. And, and one of the things I don't want to get too far into this, one of the things I talked about in the other one is there's one extreme camp of people that are basically like, you gotta, you gotta have all this margin in your life and you gotta sleep at least eight hours every night. And, and usually what I've found is the people that are beating that drum and doing that are probably in their mid to late fifties and empty nesters. And they do not have small children in the home or they're not in the university right now. I mean, honestly, so like this, they're beating this thing and it's like, it's just not reality for the rest of us. So sleep is important and, and you need to get it, but there's also other priorities. So what I have found is there's just times where I'm just going to sleep less, you know, so I'll go seasons that I'll sleep on um, five to six hours a night. Like I, I would really like to get seven, but sometimes it's not a reality. And then my children, as cute as you saw them, God blessed me with really cute, sweet children who don't sleep. So they're, they're up multiple times in the night and, um, you know, we'll have a good night or two and then there won't be a good night or two. So you guys all, I mean, I really sincerely would appreciate tonight and through Friday if you would pray that my children would sleep all through the night while I'm gone and my wife's there by herself because there's a level of tag teaming when I'm home. Now, she's going to have to get up more because i got to be able to be functional, but um, kids that don't sleep, it, it's its hard. But, but I have had seasons where I have... Uh, you know, five, six hours of sleep and I can function on it. Other people, like they're like, they have to have seven or they have to have eight. And then that's not me. So I haven't had to operate that way, but it's just, you got to do what you got to do. That brings up a kind of a thought I had is, um, can you say anything to the idea of serving and leading and doing things not at a hundred percent? Like when you don't feel like, oh, I'm just ready to kill it. Um, can you speak to that a little bit? Yeah. Um, very rarely are you going to feel 100% and like, I'm ready to go. I'm, I'm fully prepared, um, which is part of the things I was, I was getting at of like, I, I would prepare and prepare and prepare without doing. Now this is, what, what, the talk that I'm giving you guys and the one I er, did earlier, like these are things like I'm, I'm speaking to you out of my life. So I don't even like, I don't even know why I put my iPad up here because I just have the same screens that are up there. So you're getting all of my experiences through, through this. But, you know, there's times where it's like, I'm tired. And I like, so some of my frequent pr prayers are God help my want to because I just don't want to do this. I don't want to get out of bed right now. I don't want to do this thing that I have to do. I don't want to do this hard thing that's coming up. I don't want to have this meeting with this person that it, I, I'm not expecting it to go well. They're unhappy with something that's unreasonable. Um, and it's just their issue. Again, I don't have empathy, so I have to pray and ask for that, you know? Um, but so, so you're not going to feel refreshed. You're not going to feel energized, but you just have to do it. So a lot of times we act our way into our feelings. We don't feel and then act. And that's part of just being a leader. And it's, it's not being phony, but it's being committed to what you're doing. Again, knowing the why behind the what. Like if all I'm worried about is the what am I going to do, well, then I'm going to have to feel like I, 
I'm just not feeling it right now, man. I, I can't do this thing. But here's, here's why I'm here. Here's why I'm doing this. Here's why this is important. So it, because this is so important and I'm committed to the why, I'm going to only sleep four hours tonight. And then I'm going to get up and I'm going to go do this thing. And I'm going to bring more energy. And I'm going to bring more enthusiasm. I'm going to rally the troops. And I'm going to be dead inside. <laughs> And that's just a reality of like the higher you lead, sometimes that's what you have to do. I mean, there's times where it's like I, I've gotten up and done the announcements or I've, I've done a sermon or I got a staff meeting. And I'm like, God, I don't want to do this thing right now. You know, or there's times where like, I mean, frequently I've prayed and, and this is where we really get to when we put ourselves out there, we get to see God work through us and God give us what we need. But I, I have a few very distinct memories of like I'm in the car like driving to church on Sunday morning and I'm just like God I don't feel very good about this sermon that I've worked like all this time on and I'm like if anything good from this comes out of this it's only going to be you so I'm like pre-acknowledging like anything good is not me because I'm not feeling it and and this is not to brag but it's like those few times afterwards like people have said that was your best sermon ever and I'm like well that was because that was God that wasn't Matt because Matt got up there and Matt was like I don't know how this is all going to come together so so you you know you have to manage your time well to get the things done but then there's just go time so this is a really important thing of like it's one thing to study ministry, to study theology, to study all these things, but then you got to just live it, and it, and it comes out of you. So, uh, you know, so I, so I read a lot. Like I, I try to learn, but then there's times where like I, I'm not reading, and I'm just having to live out of and work out of what I have. So when, especially when I travel overseas, you were like, I mean, I remember one time was like I was spoke in so many different cities, and. It's like, I know what I'm supposed to talk about, but it's pretty much just like, I'm just going to talk about what I have been learning. It's all just got to come out of who you are. So that's why it's important. I mean, you guys are core team and what you guys are a part of. That's why you got to live. That's why you got to start your day, the time with Jesus. That's why you got to keep God as number one, because you will reach times, you will reach seasons where you just don't have anything. But you got to keep doing it. And Paul and I were talking over here, and, and again, I mean, we're being real here. I'm I'm exhausted. Like, when I, my wife and I had a really good talk the other night or the other day because we got had a date before I left, and I was just talking about how I'm, you know, part of it, like I might be entering in a midlife crisis. You know, I'm, I turned forty in September, and I'm just like, I'm physically, emotionally. I mean, my, my walk with God is good, but in some senses from a spiritual leadership standpoint, spiritually, but not the personal side of it, I'm just like tired. I'm like really tired. What I want to do is I want to take my wife with me and find somebody to watch the kids and go to Hawaii and spend like three weeks on the beach. Like, that's what I want to do. But that's not a reality right now for this season that we're in. That's not going to happen. So I got to just keep putting one foot in front of the other. I got to keep moving forward. So, you know, you guys get into midterms and finals and you're done with it and you're ready to go. Well, you just got to you just got to grind through that. So the, the thing about work and we were talking about time management, you guys have school study work that you're doing right now. God made us to work. If you, if you look back at the. At, at the account of creation and the fall, God made man and woman and he put them in the garden to work the garden. Work itself is not part of the curse. The toil, the grindingness of it, that was the curse. But man was made and woman was made to work. 
So, so I mean, we just are designed for that. It's harder than it should be. It's harder than we want it to be because of the curse. But we were made to work, and there's times now that because you're made to it, but it's harder than it should be, you just got to grind through it. So is that kind of what you're... That's great. And can you share, like, the plate illustration, like how if you're faithful with what's on your plate? You yeah, yeah. I mean, God gives... Uh, he, he gives us all a plate. You guys all have a plate of stuff that you're dealing with. You know, like you've got a certain number of classes. You've got a job. You've got relationships. You've got people that want your time. You've you, you got all these things. And so everything on your plate right now is what God has for you. He's using that to train you, to grow you, to become the person that he wants you to be becoming. I mean, the reality is that all of us right now today are not the person we need to be next week to do the things that God wants to do in us and through us. So we've got this plate. And as we handle the things on our plate, then he's going he's gonna to bless that. And as we're faithful with little, he's going to give us a little more. He's going to give us a little more. So, you know, so it's like, you know, you go to, you go to, you has got these little plates right here for, for the snack. Okay. So it's a little like the plate like this. So some of you have a plate like this size right now. That's okay. And then, you know, maybe, maybe some of our plates are the size of this, this table. <laughs> But it doesn't start there. It grows over time. And then part of what you're working on is, is you're becoming the person that you need to become, but you're also increasing your capacity. That was what I was getting at earlier about, like, I can work, you know, you guys could beat me in a race, I'm sure, because I'm recovering from a knee surgery. Um, but I could probably outwork you, and that's not a brag. That's just the capacity that, that I've had to build. So God is he's using what we're doing in today to grow us for tomorrow. And then tomorrow is going to be today, tomorrow, and he's going to use that to grow us for the next day. So it's just this journey that we're on of, of, of growing and expanding, which is really important why I got to learn what I got to learn today because I can't play catch up tomorrow. I got a whole new set of things I got to do tomorrow to keep walking with God. So, uh, so, so you've, you've got to take what you have on your plate. If it's not on your plate right now, don't worry about it. And that's another thing. Sometimes we put things on there that, that God hasn't put on there or things that shouldn't be on there. Or there's times, you know, and one of the things I'm like, I'm like kind of at a breaking point right now with the capacity issue. So what that means is, is that God's, God is, is in a process of trying to, do a breakthrough in me to expand my capacity, but I also have to make some priority choices that maybe there's some things that crept on the plate that shouldn't be there and some things that need to come off. I told you, you know, you stop doing some things. So there's probably some things I need to stop doing in order to do well the things that I need to do. So, you know, if you've got two tests or two papers due at the same time and like the one that's in your major is like, this is going to be really important. It's really important that I get an A in this class because of, because of what it's going to mean. And then you got this GE class over here and something that you just got to do it. I mean, pass it right like real example i enjoy math i took business calculus at a junior college over the summer and i like i rocked that thing i got 99 percent. and as i'm i'm going along and i'm like i'm going to boost my gpa i'm going to do all this stuff and then i find out it was a pass fail credit that got added i was like why did they work that hard uh-huh. it was during the summer i could have just passed it like with not even doing anything so that would have been one where I could have been, well, I'll spend the time over here because I need to, and all I got to do is get a passing grade, 
Um, but I enjoyed it. I liked it. So it wasn't that, it, you know, it wasn't that hard. But if it was something like that, it's important to know. Yes. Um, what about when you have projects that are not necessarily have, like, that don't necessarily have a deadline um, or, like, a specific, oh, it has to be done by this time? How would you best schedule that out? Like, is it, is it ever going to be due or? Yeah, but, yeah, but I mean, like, like, let's say you have, like, a couple months to work on this project. Okay. How would you best, best break it down and schedule it out? Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, one of the things is I, I like to refer to this as kicking your own rear <laughs> because there's there, part of it. It's like if it's happening tomorrow, like, guess what? I got to do, you know, any, anybody got something due tomorrow that you're going to go home and work on? OK, because it's due tomorrow. Right. All right. Everybody. This is like really practical. But if it's not due for a couple of months and this is the way my job is all the time is I have to to. I have to look and I, and I see. So that's why I'm going to plan. I was like, when is it ultimately due? Like if I'm going to um, if I'm going to give a talk, like this is a bad example because I'm just speaking out of my life right now. But let's say that I have a, a, a Sunday message that I'm going to do that is, is on a topic that I'm not really that familiar with. And I, I know it's coming up like in a month. Well, I can't wait till just a couple days before because I, I need to spend time on it. So I'm probably going to look. And I'm going to say, where do I have some pockets? What, you know, I'll do like a cursory sort of a, a brainstorm search on, you know, you know, just how can I get my mind around this topic? Maybe what are some articles I can read or some books I need to look at? And then I'll, I got to, okay, this week I'm going to do this and this week I'm going to do that. And now we're coming up, I got to actually start working on an outline. So you just have to break the project down into the smaller chunks so that you can actually get it done. Um, and, but it, but it comes, you got to be self-motivated. You got to, um, you just got to make it happen. So that's the, the higher you rise in uh, leadership and in your career stuff, you know, there's ultimately a due date for everything, but you know, I, I don't, with, with, with a seasoned person working for me, a new person, I'm going to stay close to them, but I am absolutely not a micromanager. I cannot handle micromanaging people. My, my policy is like, if you need something, come to me. But I'm going to assume if you're not coming to me for help that you got it all. And if I was to ask you about it, you could give me an update and tell me you know, what, what's going on. But that means there's a, there's a high level of self-discipline, which is also, you know, so some of the things you guys are doing right now that seems like busy work, okay? Anybody have busy work in your classes? You're like, why are we doing this, right? Part of what you're doing is you're learning self-discipline of just getting something done, you know, working your mind muscle, uh, putting in practices to have discipline that you're going to use later. But you got to be self-paced, self-disciplined, and just make it make it go and then and that's going to be one though where uh if i can give myself margin like if the real due date is like let's say the 31st of the month i'm going to set a, a, a pre-deadline of like i probably want to be done by like the 25th so that if something comes up then i have a little bit of of margin to to work with and then also if there was like if i'm just like totally life caves in on me for a day and I just, you know, need to go wherever you guys go to the beach here. And you're just like, I'm just going to check out a life and go drive and look at the ocean and come back. Well, I can do that because I had, I, I had time to do that. So does that help? Okay. Okay. I think we're almost done. Let's, uh, I did, I had one more, um, 
question. It was basically, so what do you do when you do feel overwhelmed? And what are some perspectives that you has, has helped you walk through those seasons of grinding or just in a season where everything's coming at you all at once? Like what do you, what has helped you walk through those type of seasons? Yeah, I think prayer for sure. And, and a lot of times it's just like, God help me. You know, help me with my attitude, help me with my want to. Um, reminding myself that it's not always going to be this way. Because it, it's easy to, like, really collapse down on that it, it, life just sucks right now. And it's always going to be this way. And it's horrible. And I want to quit. You know, it's not always going to be this way. Like, when was the last time that it was great and amazing? And maybe it was yesterday. Maybe it was two weeks ago. I don't know what, what, what kind of situation you're in. But I think really speaking the truth to myself, because that's the thing is like, you know, and I'm not getting into like the, the crazy self-talk stuff, but, but, but there's actually like a conversation and a dialogue that goes on in your head, you know. And, and if we're speaking untruth and lies to ourselves, then we're going to start believing them. But if we're speaking truth to ourselves that, okay, it's not always going to be like this. Is it difficult? Yes. And maybe I did some stupid things. Like maybe I was goofing off when I should have been working. <laughs> and now I've gotten myself into this mess. So I've, guess what? It's due and I'm never going to do this again. I mean, anybody ever said that? You did something, you're like, I'm never going to do this again. And then you did it again, right? And you're like, I'm never going to do this again. So some lessons we learned the first time, other lessons it takes us two, three, four, five, ten. Maybe we're still learning that lesson. But um, I think speaking the truth to myself, sometimes it helps to talk to somebody else about it, you know, because I can't, I can't generate up enough to get myself out of that funk as, as I need to... Uh, I just need to talk to somebody who's going to be kind and listen, but then maybe slap me around if, if I need to be slapped around. And, and it's important to have people like that in your life, you know. Uh, so because empathy is low for me, I know that some of the guys that I train and I work with, if they just want to be, like, encouraged and get a pat on their back, they might not come to me. But if they want to get out of the funk and they need to be slapped around a little bit. I mean, I'll love them and give them a hug, but, but I'm going to slap them around because they need to be slapped around. Um, sometimes that, and I, there's guys I'll talk to at different points, and I'm just like, hey, you know, and I, I need you to slap me around a little bit. And then sometimes they'll be like, you know what, you don't need to be slapped around too much because they'll validate, like, it's really hard right now. Like, that is real, but it's not always going to be this way. Um, and that's the thing you have to remember. And then, I mean, part of what anybody here this morning heard what Gary had to say about the, the hills and the valleys, you know. So if, if you're and this other thing is, is like if you're down in one of those valleys, don't make life altering decisions that will affect the rest of your life. So, like, let's just say that there's like this super important uh, exam or this project or something and you just bombed it. And you're like, I'm quitting. I'm dropping out of school because I suck and I'm stupid and I don't know anything and I'm never going to amount to anything. I don't do that. <laughs> did you fail? Yes. Now let's talk about, like, did you do your best? Like, did you really, really, really work the way that it needed to be worked and you did your best and this is what the result was? And if it was, okay, we need to have one conversation maybe and you just need to get some help. Or if you're like, well, oh, 
you know, like, like, okay, for me, there was this one class that I had that was this, it's kind of funny because the classes that I blew off are this, the stuff that I use the most now in, in one way. So it was this like strategic management class, but it was taught by, uh, for business classes, the worst classes I had were the professors with the PhDs because it was all theoretical and not practical. Whereas my marketing professor who had a marketing firm and my accounting professors who were accountants and you know all of those ones, the, the business law who were, the, who were attorneys those classes were great because they made it real but the strategic one was by Dr. Smith and it was just all this stuffy stuff that didn't make sense and, and I'm, when am I ever going to use this in life so if you're ever asking that just wait because when you're 40 you can tell yourself today that yes you're going to use that in life but uh, so we had this project I could not get into this project until 9 o'clock um, the night before it was due and I did an all nighter and turned the paper in at 8 o'clock in the morning. This was a semester-long project, okay? And, um, and I turned the project in, and, and I got a C on it, like a C minus, but it was, it was passing. And I don't know if they were just showing mercy on me, or, but, but I, I had like these two, one part I was like, I was like, man, I suck. I got a C minus. And but then I'm like, well, you just did a semester-long project in like, <laughs> 10 hours the night before it was due, you know, so could I have really expected anything more, you know? Um, so uh, I think just the truth, having people slap you around, looking at reality for the way that it really is, and, and prayer, you know? I mean, a lot of times I, I, I like to just, I say this a lot at my own church, you know, people are like, oh, what kind of prayer life do you have, you know? It's like, you're talking to God and all this stuff. I'm like, a lot of times it's just, oh, God, please help. <laughs> I don't know what to do. I don't know what to say. I don't know how to help this person. I know these thoughts that I'm having right now aren't good. I know these feelings that are having. I shouldn't kill this person that just said this thing. And it's, a lot of it's just God help me. So in those moments, it's, you know, help my want to, help my perspective, all that. And one thing I've learned over the years is that, it's not necessarily a bad thing to get to that point where you feel overwhelmed or like doesn't mean that you're doing something really wrong. It's actually it could be God putting allowing pressure on your on your life to kind of stretch you and grow you and grow your faith and grow your it actually probably is. <laughs> it is God is allowing these things in your life. That's with Christie's back situation and all this. I've I can jive with a lot of stuff you're saying, and years later, walking through it, I can see that I'm, I'm actually a lot more effective with my time because of that, and also my faith has grown, and so in the moment, it feels like, oh, something's wrong, you know, I'm overwhelmed, and you're, you may feel like that as a student, you may feel like, oh man, like, I'm just doing too much ministry stuff, maybe I need to pull out of that. Maybe I need to jump off core team, or what, maybe I need to do this or that. But it's, at the end of the day, God wants to stretch your capacity, and he wants to grow your faith and your dependence on him. And so it's not a bad thing to be up to your eyes and work. That's if you're doing the right kind of things, if your priority is in the right place. It's actually a joy to really think about, to live in the kind of life that's full and... Um, and making a difference with your life. Yeah, because there's, there's two types of stress. Like, we always think of stress as being bad. 
But there's good stress and there's bad stress. You know, so bad stress can, like, I'm stressed out. But good stress is, like, the example is, like, exercising. Like, you stress your muscles. You know, like, how, how do I have this physique that I have right now? I put a lot of stress on these muscles. But you stress them and you break it down and then it grows. So there's a certain amount of stress uh, as you become a husband. Guys, like, a lot of guys, like, they don't get serious in life until they find a woman that gives them a reason to get serious. And I've seen, I've seen boys turn into men overnight because there was a woman that they were interested in. And then, and then you, uh, you, you find out you're having that, that, that first kid. And then you're like, okay, now, now, like, okay, not only, like, am I a husband, I'm about to be a father. I've got nine months to get my act together. So, so there's good stress that, that happens in our life. And, and then this will either totally depress you or encourage you. I'm not sure which one. You can tell me. But kind of on that topic, I, I still remember this, is, this was in 2010 now, so it's almost 10 years ago. I had just finished a kind of a big project, and I was like enjoying this success of being done with this big project that I had finished. I was driving on the road. I can see the spot where I was driving, and I remember praying, and I was like, I, was just, I felt comfortable. Okay, like that was the word that, that I had. I was like, oh, this feels good. Like, I feel comfortable. And it was like the Holy Spirit said, enjoy this moment because it's about to all change and this was like early spring you know march april and by june it had all changed and honestly like i have not been comfortable since that moment okay so that was like nine years ago around this time of the year but the growth that i have done I still got a long way to go, but the growth that I have done in those last nine years is exponential over the growth that I had received and grown in my life up to that point. And I, and I can see that. So our natural tendency is we just, we want to be comfortable. You know, like it's, it's cold outside and your alarm goes off and you're just warm and you're in that perfect temperature in your, in your, with the blanket over you. You're comfortable. You don't want to get out of bed. But nothing's going to happen unless you get out of bed. So our natural tendency is to want to be comfortable. But God is constantly stretching us outside of our comfort zone. And that's really where we grow. So, yeah, I would say, you know, take that stress. And that, I mean, that's part of the truth I'm trying to speak to myself right now. I'm really tired. I'd love to have that three weeks on the beach. That's not going to happen. So then what I look for is I say, where can I find the pockets of rest? Where can I find the pockets of refreshment? So I, 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 I am aware enough that God really did give me that pocket on the plane. He gave me that seat. And he's like, you have about a three hour and 20 minute flight. And, I, and I'm, you know, yeah, you could work right now, but I'm giving you three hours of refreshment in the midst of this really busy, really stretching season that you're in. So earlier I would have not recognized it and just powered through and tried to get stuff done. But actually by taking those three hours, I was more effective in the other time that I did because I rested when he gave me that. So be aware of what he's doing. Take it. Don't rest when you're supposed to be working. But if he provides you an opportunity, take it, enjoy it, thank him, and then get back after it. Awesome. Can you pray for us? Sure. Sure.
Father, we thank you just so much for life that we can have it uh, through Jesus. Thank you for the relationship that we can have with you. And God, I pray for everyone here tonight. Is I mean, time management is something we all are going to work on uh, and struggle with in different ways our rest of our life here on this planet. Thank you for the 168 hours that you've given us each week. Thank you for the 24 hours that you give us in the day. Uh, please help us to align our priorities in line with you. Help us to really, truly put you as the number one priority and allow the rest of life to flow from the relationship that we have with you through Jesus. I pray for the students that you would uh, encourage them, strengthen them, help them in the areas that uh, they're working to be uh, more effective with their time. And God, just bless our rest of our night and our week. In Jesus' name, amen.